Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, Awaken, and welcome to our Sunday morning gathering. Uh, as you may know, about 140 people are up at Covenant Pines on our fall retreat, uh, and you are here, and we're really glad that you are. Um, so thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Micah, and I'd love to begin with maybe just a, a call to worship. I think a lot of times we come to church, and um, maybe we know why we're here, but I think sometimes, if we're honest, it happens out of habit, or it happens out of memory, um, duty, or obligation. And I'm always struck by the question, why are you here? And maybe I'll add to that this morning, uh, what do you need? So as, be, as we begin, I'd love to invite you to consider those two questions. Um, we're going to sing a little bit. Uh, you're going to hear a teaching from Scripture. We'll celebrate the Eucharist together. Um, but just as we begin, why are you here? And what do you need this morning? Maybe just a moment of silence, and then I'll offer a word of prayer, and we'll begin. God, we give you thanks for this day, and we're grateful to be together. I'm even thankful for the, the technology that allows us to do this. Um, and so we pray for what's happening on the retreat and the folks who are there. And we pray for what's about to happen and for the people that are here. And God, I pray that your spirit um, would be present to us, that we would have eyes to see you and ears to hear you, that we would maybe come with honesty and vulnerability uh, to these questions of why are we here and what do we need. And that in the midst of the next 60 minutes or so that you might reveal something to us about yourself and about um, who we are. And so we offer ourselves um, to the degree that we can. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. There, a couple of us were talking earlier about like this experience of doing this again and there's all these kind of feels of like remembering the things that happened uh, for, for like a year and a half where we would come on Mondays and record this podcast and then work on it throughout the week and then release it on Sundays for you all. So uh, there's a little bit of nostalgia uh, happening here in the room. Um, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, my name's Micah, and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, we have a couple things we want to let you know about uh, as we keep going in our time of worship this morning. Uh, first and foremost, if you are new and you're happening uh, to find this and uh, uh, taking it in, um, we'd love to know that you're checking out Awaken. So uh, if you're new, uh, there's a spot online that you can click, uh, I'm new, and that uh, submission will go to our uh, connections team. Somebody from that team will reach out and invite you to a beverage of your choice, and um, we'll get to know each other. You get to know us, we get to know you, and uh, if Awaken's a good fit, great. Saddle up, partner. Um, uh, the other thing is, if you have tithes and offerings, uh, those can go, well, they would normally go in the black boxes at the exits, but uh, you can give online uh, a number of different ways, and so we're grateful for those things. 
a uh, couple of things happening in the life of our community, uh, the first of which is uh, we are moving to two gatherings on October the 16th. Uh, so not this week, not next week, but the week after, on the 16th of October, we're going to move to two gatherings. If you've been around here on Sunday mornings, you know it's pretty full. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to find a seat. Uh, more than that, our kids' community has been pretty full, and uh, last week we were totally full in a couple of the rooms. So we want to create some space for new folks as they're coming to Awaken, and that's an exciting thing. Um, it means that we're full, and uh, we, we, need to, we need to be hospitable, ironically enough. Uh, you'll, you'll hear more about that later. But um, So we're moving to two gatherings on the 16th, and those times will be 9 and 10.30. Uh, so thank you to those of you who filled out the survey. Helpful information for us. Uh, 9 and 10.30 on October the 16th. And really that's, uh, again, to create more seats in this room, but then also downstairs in the kids' space. Um, so be looking for that, and uh, we'll send out more messages and, uh, on, on our Instagram and social medias and whatnot to remind you, but October 16th, two gatherings, 9 and 10.30. Um, artists, those of you who are in the art community at Awaken, a couple things that are coming up for you. Um, there is a book study happening October the 13th, starting on the 13th at 7 p.m. The book is called The Last Report on the Miracles at Little No Horse, a novel. So um, Mel leads that by Louise Eldritch. And if you are interested, uh, you can sign up online for that. There is also an artist mingle happening. This is a monthly gathering for those that are interested in art and, uh, and community and connecting. So that's the October the 6th at 7 p.m. It's going to happen at John and Peggy Denham's house. You can email melody at awakenwest7th.com for the address for that event. And then last but not least, we mentioned this last week, but Trunk or Treat is coming up on October the 30th. We are hosting a party for the neighborhood. And so uh, we did this first for the, for the first time last year. And we'll, um, if you're interested, you can host a trunk, and we'll line you up in the parking lot, and kids will come, and we'll hand out candy, and it will be a sweet time. So you can register for that online. There is also, if you can't host a trunk, you can, or if you're not interested in hosting a trunk, um, you can help, help uh, carry out the event. So if you uh, want to do that, there's this place for, for you to kind of click those boxes on the, the form online. So go to our website, right on the homepage, Trunk or Treats there on the, on the top and you can find more information about that. Uh, and then also, um, the Sacred Sites Tour is coming up, so that's the 23rd of October, and that is also a register online um, event. So 50 people, and uh, we'll go to a number of sacred sites here in the Twin Cities, led by Reverend Jim Bear Jacobs, a real gift to the Twin Cities uh, community. So those are a couple things happening. Um, that's all I've got for announcements, so let's get to the teaching. If you have your Bibles... Um, we're going to be all over the place this morning, actually, and so um, just uh, for those of you that won the Timothy Award in Awana, this, is, this Sunday is for you. <laughs> Timothy Award. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're in week three of a series called The Heart of Awaken, and we're looking at, like, really, um, what's the DNA around this church? What's the ethos? What's the heartbeat, uh, the, the sort of central ideas and, and animating energies at Awaken? And we do that by looking at these six values that we've declared. Jesus, justice, holism, hospitality, authenticity, and beauty. And so we're in week three. We've already covered Jesus. Uh, that's really the center of our community, the life and teachings and the death and resurrection of Jesus. From that flow, these other ways of being in the world. And we hope that as people come to Awaken and they experience this place, that uh, they will taste and see these things that we talk about in this series. Um, 
Last week we talked about holism and the idea of a, a community that values a holistic understanding of the gospel of Jesus. Um, a robust understanding that it's not just sort of um, sequestered to our souls and where we go when we die, but rather the good news of God in Jesus impacts the whole of our lives. And so we want to be a community that recognizes that and lives from that place. Uh, this morning I want to talk about hospitality. Uh, we, we're going to explore this value. And um, really, uh, why would we as a church like put this on our list of things that we value? So today's going to be pretty simple. Um, we're going to talk about what and why and how. So what do we mean when we say hospitality? Um, why, do we, uh, why do we think this is important? And then how do we sort of keep this in the front and center of our minds? So as we were thinking about hospitality, I was reminded of two stories. Um, one's a bit funny and anecdotal, and the other is quite profound in my, uh, my recollection of it. Um, when my kids were younger, like three, five and, three four, and seven or so, uh, Laura took the girls to... Um, uh, like one of those nature centers with the, one of the museums, you know, so they have all these places where kids can play, and there was like a kitchen situation. Um, so the kids were playing, and the youngest, uh, Lyndon, uh, at that time, like two or three, was really, really excited about baking these cookies in this little like stove oven thing. And so Dahlia was over here playing, and Lyndon was baking, and Lyndon said, you can have these, and like five dollars or something like that. And Dahlia walked by and basically said, like, I don't need those. And Lyndon was not having any of it, and so she, they, they kind of like ratcheted it up a little bit and like, you may have these, and is kind of starting to hang over the, the little, um, you know, bar area or, or serving window that, that they're cooking in, and Dahlia's not, she's, she's onto something else. And so Lyndon just takes it up another, another, another level. You may have these stookies, and then like throws the cookies at Dahlia and uh, nearly hits them. Uh, and it just reminded me of like this little one who was so uh, intent on creating something and giving it to their sibling. Ooh, their sibling was having nothing of it. But it's a memory that we all uh, we remember very fondly in the Witham house. You may have these stookies. And you know how kids, they say things and they don't pronounce things correctly. And uh, it's the cutest darn thing in the entire world. I would have shown you that video had you been here this morning. But alas, maybe I'll post it online. You may have these stookies. Uh, the other one is um, a moment, uh, actually a number of, of events. There was somebody that came to Awaken, and they knew me, and uh, they've been in leadership and church world for, for a period, uh, period of their life, and so they really they, they got like, what it meant to be a pastor and a pastor's family. And so they, they came, and they said, Awaken's home, um, and we want to we uh, bless you and Laura. So like, what would be helpful? And so as we talked about it, uh, the idea came where they just said, what if we just hosted six nights, um, we'll calendar them out, and then you just choose whoever you want to bring, whoever you want to invite. And so Laura and I got to sort of hand select like people in our lives that um, were, were impactful and meaningful, and this couple just like pulled out all the stops. And so we arrived, we brought nothing, and a table was set, literally. A giant table was set with candles and wine and food and and people that were uh, like a meaningful part of our lives got to gather around this table and have conversation and a, a meal and memories that um, moments and, and an event that I will never forget. And we were hosted. Um, have you ever been hosted like that where somebody goes out of their way to think of you, to consider you, 
to create something for you, to carve out space in their own lives and then offer it to you and for you. Um, this is hospitality, and we want to say at Awaken, this is part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So, why, or what, why, and how? Um, let's start with what. What do we mean when we say hospitality? In the Bible, of course, if you know much about it, it's written in Hebrew and in Greek. In Hebrew, there's not, um, there is a word that gets translated hospitality, but more than that, there's like an idea of welcoming the stranger within um, Jewish religion and, and Judaism. And you see it all throughout the Old Testament of uh, folks who are invited or even chastised or um, exhorted to welcome the stranger in their midst. Uh, it's, a, it's part of mitzvot, which is the, like uh, obedience to the commands of God and the heart of God. Uh, in Greek, there's a, a word, a specific word, and the word is philoxenia. Um, you maybe even can hear a couple of words put together there, philo and xenia. Philo is where we get the word Philadelphia, which of course is the city of brotherly love, right? So philo means brotherly love, and xenia means the stranger. So it's kind of like the opposite of xenophobia, right? Which is the, the, uh, a fear of stranger or fear of the difference, fear of a different person. Um, Philoxenia is uh, an extension of love and care for one who is a guest, a stranger, a sojourner, a wayfarer, as it were. Um, so this is what the Bible, uh, this is what it means when the Bible says hospitality. And actually this morning for our time, I want to offer my own definition. I don't often do this, but I think this is one of those words that when we say hospitality, it can mean a whole bunch of different things. So I want to offer what, I'm, what I mean when I say hospitality, and I will kind of work with that throughout the morning. Um, the intentional creation of space to host, welcome, or provide for someone else. So the intentional creation of space to host, welcome, or provide for someone else. So there's a couple things happening there, right? There's intentionality. You can be spontaneous and you can host somebody like, yeah, come on over and we'll provide dinner. Like, that's hospitality, sure. But hospitality is intentional. Like, you have to, you have to mean it. You have to think about it. You have, it. Oftentimes, you have to think before the people ever arrive to host someone, right? So there's intentionality around it. And it's the creation of space. Yeah, it is literal physical space, so it sometimes requires a home or a location or a geographic place, but it's more than that. Like, to be hospitable, you can, you can create space physically, but you can also create space emotionally and relationally for someone else. So it doesn't just require physical space, but it can be more than that. And it's about hosting or welcoming, thinking about uh, um, remembering someone else, uh, providing for, and, and it has this directionality that it is, it is outward, it's directed towards someone else. It doesn't serve self necessarily. You may reap the benefits of the meal that you've created, but it's intended for someone else. So the intentional creation of space to host, welcome, or provide for someone else. That's what I mean when I say hospitality. And when we say we value hospitality, we're saying we value the intentional discipline and practice of hosting and um, providing for and welcoming someone other than yourself. This is hospitality. So why then should a church value hospitality? Like why is it on that list over there of things that we value? Why should we even pursue it? Um, I think one of the most important questions that you can ask is what do you think God is like? What do you think God is like? The divine being 
that we, you know, for Christian churches, uh, that we assume is out there, is interacting with us, is the, the object or and subject of our affection and worship, what is that God like? How could you describe them? The Bible begins, if you don't remember, with Genesis, the book of Genesis. And in the first two chapters, we learn something very, very important about the character and the nature of God. We learn a lot about the nature and character of God. But in particular, the Bible opens with two stories that both culminate in the creation of humanity. If you remember in Genesis 1, um, after the world itself is created as the home for humans, then humans are created on the sixth day. And that's sort of the pinnacle of the creation of the created order. So you have land, and you have the earth, and you have the waters in the sky, and then you have the plants, and then you have the animals, and then you have humans on the sixth day. And then after that, humans, after like God creates a space to host and provide for and welcome humans, God then invites humans to rest, to Shabbat, Sabbath. So the seventh day, if you remember, is Sabbath. And in that space, God invites humans to rest, to receive, to be in the presence of um, the other, them, like each other, Adam and Eve and their family eventually, and, and others, but, but God's presence itself for enjoyment, for joy, for laughter, for good food and wine and leisure, pleasure, right? This is what happens. And so the Bible begins with God creating space for humans to be hosted, to be provided for, to be welcomed. And not only that, but a day, a whole day around this idea. In the second chapter, we get more uh, detail on the, special, the, the specific place that humans are placed, which is the Garden of Delight, Garden of Eden. And so God puts them in this place that's filled with wonder and delight and food that's good for eating and the presence of God, right? If you remember, God walks with them in the, in the cool of the day. And among other things, you could make a really strong case that the Bible begins with the generous hospitality of God on display in creation. What is God doing other than hosting, creating space, intentionally creating space to provide for, to host, to welcome humanity and all that God has made and called good? Uh, later on in Torah, so this is how the Bible begins, and then as Torah goes on, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the first five books of the Bible, we find in the book of Leviticus this reminder to the people of God, the, the Jewish people, the Hebrews. In Leviticus 19, it says, when a stranger sojourns with you in the land, you shall do him no wrong. The stranger who sojourns with you shall be to you as native among you, like take them in, you shall love them as yourself. Why? God reminds them. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. Why is hospitality and brotherly love care for the stranger, the foreigner, the alien, the orphan, the widow? Why is that so important to the biblical authors, to the Old Testament, and we'll see in the New Testament? Because this is what God is like. This is how God describes themselves in Scripture. Uh, these are the actions that God takes at the very beginning of the story. It, it was God who not only redeemed Israel from Egypt and slavery, but then placed them, brought them out of Egypt and placed them in a location, hosted them in a land that was flowing with milk and honey and provision. A table had been set by God for the people of God. If you fast forward to the New Testament, it's the hospitality of God on display in Christ. 
right? God, while we, while I, while you are strangers and aliens, foreigners, wanderers, sojourners to God, in Christ, God invites us into fellowship with God again, sets a table big and wide for any and all to be welcomed home. So why should we as a church value hospitality? Because this is what God is like. Over and over and over again, we find that the character of God as it's revealed includes this idea of intentionally creating space to host, welcome, and provide for creation, humans. So we think it's important to value this idea of hospitality. I would, I would take it a step further and say, like, in our context, in our culture, in 2022 in America, so many people... Uh, Maybe, you, maybe your interaction with folks would, would be congruent with this. I'll say it from my own experience. My interaction with folks is that so many people have been wounded by and hurt by the church and the lack of hospitality that they felt, like where they weren't welcomed or they weren't valued or maybe even were excluded. And so part of our work as a church in 2022, I would argue, I would invite you Part of our work is to display extravagant hospitality so as to remind people that this is what God is like. So, how do we keep it front and center? If this is what hospitality is, this, this like intentional creation of space to host and welcome and provide for someone other than yourself, and we do it because this is what God is like, like how do we keep this front and center? And I want to look at three verses from the New Testament as we sort of wrap this up. Paul uh, and the writer of Hebrews in Romans and in 1 Peter and in Hebrews remind us or give us three, uh, they they use this word hospitality and offer three ideas. So I want to offer them to you. Uh, In Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 13, it says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So he's talking to the church here. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. And then, diako philozena, pursue hospitality. This word diako, it means to run swiftly in order to catch a person or a thing, to run after it. So first I want to say, how do we keep this front and center? By pursuing hospitality, by like chasing after it. Uh, do you remember like if you went to summer camp when you'd play you know, capture the flag or some other game and you'd see these kids running around camp like literally chasing after one another, like huffing and puffing, sweating, panting, like running after whatever the goal was. So if it's the person with the flag or, you know, ships across the ocean or whatnot, um, I remember in elementary school, we played this stupid game, which would never be allowed now. It's called kiss or kill. So you'd chase people, and if you caught them, you'd say kiss or kill, and you, know, you can imagine what would happen next. Again, this is a terrible game. I can't believe they let us play this. But I remember just like coming in after recess, sweat dripping off of my brow from chasing people across the playground. This is the image that Paul uses related to hospitality. He says, pursue it, chase after it. And it's an ongoing action. It's a verb when he uses it in this context. So don't just do it once, like on Christmas or Easter, like host something or invite people over. No, pursue it continually. It's an ongoing action, like a, a practice, an attitude that we have 
where our homes, our spaces, our very lives, our emotions, our relationships, like we're always at the ready to offer hospitality, to create a space to host and welcome and provide for someone other than ourselves. So first Paul says, pursue it. Then he says, practice it. In First Peter, uh, verse 4 to 80, he says, above all, hold unfailing your love for one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins, practice hospitality ungrudgingly to one another. To those of you born in the 70s and who grew up in the 80s and 90s, you can hear Allen Iverson right now. We ain't even talking about the game. We talking about practice. Paul says, practice hospitality, right? Think about the people who are the best at their craft, whether that's music or a sport or, you know, woodworking or something else. Like people who are the best at what they do, like Mozart, right? Here's what Mozart says about practice. He says, it is a mistake to think that the practice of my art has become easy to me. I assure you, dear friend, no one has given, me, has given so much care to the study of composition as I. There is scarcely a famous master in music whose works I have not frequently and diligently studied. Mozart practiced. Sam Snead, he's a golfer. He said, practice puts brains in your muscles. Isn't that great? When you think about practice, you know, I remember playing hockey, 2 o'clock, school would end, 2.30, whatever. And then 3 o'clock, we'd ship ourselves over to the hockey rink, and every day from 3 to 5, we'd practice. Two hours! Practice puts brains in your muscles. Malcolm Gladwell speaks about 10,000 hours to master something. So how many hours have you invested in the practice of hospitality? And some of us have gifts on this, right? Like, let's be honest. Some people are bent towards this, and they just ooze hospitality. But I don't think anyone who follows Jesus is off the hook on this one because we're to mimic, we're to, we're to imitate the life of Jesus, and he represents, he reminds us, this is what God is like. And we know from Scripture that God, this is what God is like. God practices hospitality. This is what God is consistently found doing. So no one's off the hook on this one. How much have you practiced hospitality? And Paul says, don't just do it, but do it ungrudgingly so that you might become a certain kind of person, one who does so out of joy and the overflow of your heart. Aristotle says, we are what we repeatedly do. What are you doing repeatedly? Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. You could just substitute hospitality then is not an act but a habit by committing to practice something by saying i want to practice this thing you're asked you're asking to be formed by the practice of that habit and if you're consistently practicing the habit of journaling and self-reflection for example you become formed by that habit if you're practicing hospitality you become formed by that paul says above all in your relationships with one another Hold unfailingly and to love and practice hospitality. So at least for Paul, who wrote a significant portion of the New Testament, this idea of love for the other and hospitality, welcome of the stranger, is a very important part of what it means to follow Jesus. So pursue it, practice it, and then don't forget it. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 13, let brotherly love, philozena, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect or forget to show hospitality to strangers. 
Be constant in your hospitality. Don't forget to do it. I don't know if, how well you know me, but if you've been around awake and long enough, you know that I can be a forgetful person. Uh, I, I sometimes will forget that I have appointments or meetings, and some of you have been left at coffee shops or restaurants wondering, is Micah coming? If I'm late, something has gone wrong. I'm, I'm usually not late. So if I am late, I've probably totally forgotten. Um, the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget to practice hospitality. And despite the call for hospitality in the Bible, maybe, maybe you get the sense that it's often, uh, it feels like it's opposite to our nature. Um, like, think about gravity. Like, gravity is this thing that it's the force of it pulls us to the center of the earth. It's what keeps us tethered to the earth. And so it requires like rocket fuel to eject its something, uh, you or me or an object, from its orbit, right? So gravity is always pulling us down to the earth and it requires an, exor- an extraordinary amount of energy to, to propel something beyond its effect. Humans, I would argue, left to our own devices are often turned in on ourselves our worlds become about us. And in my worst moments, this is true. Luther says that the heart, sin is the heart turned in on itself. I think he's right. So to be propelled beyond myself, it, it often and, and, and does require a renewing work of God to be, re, to be propelled beyond my own selfish needs and my own desires and my own self-centeredness to think about and consider the others, which is why the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget hospitality. Don't forget to practice this thing. Don't forget to do it and fight against the pull of what's natural, which is to turn in, to protect, to, to sort of care for ourselves as the greatest good or, the, or the, most, the thing to be sought after the most. So, in the New Testament, we find pursue it, chase after it, practice it, and don't forget because this creation of space to host welcome and provide for the needs of others. Why? Because this is what God is like. So let me close with this. We as a church want to say, we are saying that we value this idea of hospitality, of being intentional about creating space for others, to host them, to welcome them, to provide for them. And I would say that you it's hard to do something that you, know not, that you haven't experienced for yourself. Said differently, you can't give something you know nothing of. If this is what God is like, that God is found in the scriptures, offering and creating space for, the care of, the tending to, the welcoming of, uh, the provision for humanity, and we see this most definitively in the person of Jesus, then I would say this morning to you, wherever you've come from, if you have not experienced the hospitality of God because of your experience with church, then I want to I offer the possibility for a, a, a new story to be told, a new narrative, a new, a new possibility, that though that may have been your experience, that that's actually not what God is like. Uh, I know for me, I've been around church my whole life, and there are times when I experience things in church and in religion and in Christianity that do not sync up with the character of God. And so maybe your experience of hospitality has been contrary to what I'm arguing is at the heart of who God is. So this morning, maybe an invitation for you to receive a fresh, a new, for the first time, the hospitality of God the welcome of God, 
the creating of space for you in God's presence, at God's table, near the divine presence. And so if you haven't experienced that or you've, you've had a difficult time experiencing that, maybe this morning is, a, is, a, is an opportunity, um, a, a chance to, to, to write a new script or to experience a new reality. And so I would invite you to receive the hospitality of God in Christ today. Eat it. Drink it in. A couple of years ago when we did this series, we actually created this massive table in the middle of the gathering, and we just mounded it with food. And it was a, it was a word picture uh, of what we believe God is like, that God has set the table for us to come and to feast and to enjoy and, and like take in, drink, and eat what is good about God. And I would offer that to you this morning if you were here and we were to do that again because I think that's what God is like. And the other thing I would say to you this morning as I close is if you call Awaken Home, um, when people come to this church and they're new, we have a team of people who are on our connection team. Kathy leads that and you fill out a card and that goes to her and she you know, connects with those folks or invites Jenna or I to meet with people and that's a part of our, our, our value of hospitality lived out. But we can't do it for all of us. It's not just my job. It's not just Kathy's job. It's not just Jenna's job or the staff's job to be hospitable. And so if you can hear my voice right now and you call Awaken home, consider yourself deputized as the hospitality team of Awaken. When someone new comes to our church and they're standing in the back of our, our sanctuary with look like deer in their, like a deer in headlights, you can walk up to them and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. You look new. Can I help you find anything? Oh, you have a little one. Maybe, do you know where the nursery is? The bathrooms, they're terribly difficult to find around here. And at some point, you're going to need to know where they are. Can I help you find them? Like, you can do these things. They're simple. You can turn around during the gathering, even if you're an introvert, and you can practice hospitality, the welcoming, the intentional creation of space for someone else to welcome, host, or provide something that they might need. It's simple, and I would argue that as we practice it, it builds what was it? Brains in our muscles. And we begin, it becomes more natural to us and for us. So, uh, as I close, a reminder to you, the church, that this is something that we value and that when new people come to Awaken, we want them to experience the love of God in Christ. We want them to experience the hospitality of God on display. And so, an invitation to you to help us build a church that values, that lives out, that, that believes in, that oozes hospitality, the intentional creation of space to welcome, to host, and provide for someone other than ourselves. And it's my suspicion that as we do this, as we live into it, we will find that actually this is the way of Jesus, and this brings life, not only to me, not only to you, but to the world around us. And that, my friends, that is good news. So let me offer a word of prayer, a moment of silence, and an invitation to you to consider, like, what is your part in this drama that we call Awaken that is ongoing. So pray with me. God, this morning as we take a moment to be still, um, to listen, um, to hear the, the, the still small voice of your spirit's nudge, I pray that you, uh, well, I trust that you will be who you say you are. One who is with us, for us, um, not abandoned us, but near and that you would remind us of your hospitality, that you have gone to such great lengths to provide a table 
to set a table that communicates your love, your desperate desire to know and be in relationship with us, that, that shows us your affection and your care and your thought of us. So I pray that maybe more than anything else, that every person that's listening to this would know that that is true, that that is what you are like. For those that call Awaken Home, God, remind us that this work of hospitality, this invitation to hospitality, to pursue it, to practice it, to not forget it, is at the heart and soul of the gospel. Because as people come in contact with us, people who say they follow you, they will know what you're like because of who we are and what we act like. So may we be ones who practice hospitality, I pray. So whatever our part is in it, God, would you remind us in the next few moments of silence. As we close this morning, I want to offer the opportunity to come to the table. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And so whenever you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Um, so whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. Um, so as you take the elements where you are, um, hear these words. Uh, the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same way, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Take and eat. Take and drink, I should say. Well, thanks for being with us, friends. Um, I want to leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace. We'll see you next week. Find us online at www.awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community or on Twitter at Awaken Community. See you next time.